the explosive new film, Flynn, Deliver the Truth, Whatever the Cost, exposes secrets behind the government's takedown of General Michael Flynn. Flynn knew what the intel world had been up to. He ordered the first audit of the use of contractors. This set off alarm bells. He told the truth. He was the most dangerous person for Donald Trump to hire. They had to get rid of Flynn. Flynn, Deliver the Truth, Whatever the Cost. Available now. Watch it today. Go to SalemNow.com. SalemNow.com. The following program is sponsored by Ron Geyer Roofing. The Bible describes events that will mark the last days or end times. 2 Timothy 3.1 says, This know also that in the last days perilous times shall come. Matthew 24.44 tells us, Therefore you must be ready, for the Son of Man is coming at an hour when you do not expect Him. Bible teacher Ron Geyer leads us through Scripture that will help us to remain strong in the Lord. End Time Insights with Bible teacher Ron Geyer starts now. Good evening, everybody. Ron Gaia, End Time Insights. Thank you once again for listening. We're enjoying doing this. We feel we're obedient to God, and we're so thrilled when people write in or they text me or whatever they do. We don't get a lot, but we appreciate it when we do get it, so we thank you so much for listening. We were talking, the prior two weeks we were speaking on, Jesus says, beware. He says, beware of men, beware of false teachers, beware of false Doctrine or leaven, which is what we're going to talk about today. And what was the fourth one? Oh, beware of covetousness when Jesus tells the disciples to beware. So we're going through that. Last week, we diverted a minute. We spoke about self-judgment, judging yourselves, how important that was. And hopefully that helped you. You can go back on the podcast and listen to it. But today we're going to pick up with false leaven about false doctrine. Jesus says, beware of the leaven. And this is number three. The scripture is Matthew sixteen six, and then also verses 11 and 12. Matthew sixteen six. Then Jesus said unto them, the disciples, the, the Jewish people that were listening to him, he said, take heed and beware of the leaven of the Pharisees and the Sadducees. Verse 11, Jesus says to them, how is it that you do not understand that I spoke not to you concerning bread, but that you should beware of the leaven of the teaching of the doctrine of the Pharisees and of the Sadducees? Then understood they how he bade them not beware of the leaven of bread, but of the doctrine of the Pharisees and of the Sadducees. And Ryle, I think it's J.C. Ryle, writes this comment, Against what does our Lord warn his disciples? Against the doctrine of the Pharisees and the Sadducees. The Pharisees, we are frequently told in the Gospels, they were self-righteous formalists. The Sadducees were skeptics, they were free thinkers, they were halfway infidel. Yet even Peter, James, and John must be aware of their doctrines. Truly, the best and the holiest of believers may well be on his guard. And I would add to that, of course, I mean, if they could fall for the false doctrines of the religious people of the day, then so could we. Now, Jesus is warning his disciples a different type of leaven, religious leaven. Note what he calls religious leaven, leaven that changes church doctrine. You got that? When you change the doctrines of the church, that's what leaven is. False doctrine is the birthplace of religion. And it's also what keeps us divided in the body of Christ. False doctrine is the birthplace of religion. Religion is what keeps us divided in the body. We've got to be so wise to what's going on. You know, the Bible says, till we all come to the unity of the faith. What is the unity of the faith? Well, it's the unity of the Christian creed. It's the unity of biblical doctrine. It's the whole ball of wax. It's it's the Bible. It's 
it's the the writings of the Old Testament prophets. It's the New the Testament, the Word of God. It's the totality of Christianity. So we all come to the unity of the faith. And if we would all just stay in the Bible, if we would all just stay in the Word of God, there would be no religion. We would all be centered on the Bible. That's why we stay. I try not to give you my opinions. I am giving you the Word of God. And if you will take the Word of God and allow the Holy Spirit to speak to you, as he has spoken to me, we should be on the same page. I'm not saying we have to be perfect, although I Well, you know, Jesus said, be perfect as my father is perfect. So there is a high standard. But we do need to be conformed to the word of God. Uh, If I think that the sky is blue and the Bible says the sky is green, well, then I am changing what I believe. I'm going to conform to what the Bible has to say. And so too should you. It's so important. The word of God, you know, heaven and earth will pass away. But my word, the word will never pass away. So we stay focused on the word of God. Barnes notes that leaven passes secretly and silently, but certainly through the mass of dough. Leaven and bread passes through it. You don't see it, uh, but it does progress. So it was with the doctrine of the Pharisees. They were insinuating into the people. They were artful. They were plausible, believable. They concealed the real tendency of their doctrines. They instilled them secretly into the mind until they pervaded all the faculties like leaven. Uh, Jesus, his grace and his sacrificial death on the cross are the center of sound doctrine. And so when you have people in, in the Hebrew, the Jewish Christians, or as Galatians talks about it, that when people were going back and trying to uh, meld the law with grace, it was creating erroneous doctrine. You had the Jews that the writer of Hebrews was writing to, and they were bringing back some of the sacrifices, the animal sacrifices, and bringing back some of the what were the, the traditions about eating and ceremonial washing and everything like that. And that was disturbing grace. And it was taking people away from the true calling of God. The Jews no longer need the altar in the temple. We have the altar and it's Jesus on the cross. Actually, it's Jesus off the cross. But that is where our altar is now. And that's what the Hebrew writer was trying to keep the people from following. Hebrews thirteen nine. Be not misled by varied and strange teachings or doctrines, for it is good for the heart to be strengthened by grace. Let me read that again. Do not be misled by varied and strange teachings or doctrines, for it is good for the heart to be strengthened by grace, not by foods. And that's in reference to the Jewish people trying to put the new converts back onto the law. Don't forget the Jews were always, they were losing people. And they were losing them to Christ. That's why they hated Christ so much. And they were constantly persecuting the Jews. And it was a real battle for the Jews that day during the time of the building of the church because they were under constant assault by their own people. And we are in the same battle right now. Our false doctrines, our leavens, a little bit different, but it's still religion out there. It's still man-made ideas trying to interpret the Word of God rather than the Holy Spirit of God revealing God's Word to us. So when we talk about the leaven, we want to make sure that we're talking about false doctrine. You know, I've experienced this personally twice. First, as a Roman Catholic growing up in New York, I was taught Catholicism, but I wasn't encouraged to read the Bible. I don't know if that's the case with uh, Catholics nowadays, but I never really built a relationship with God. You cannot know God apart from knowing the Bible. You must know the Bible. And there's all sorts of catechism things that I was taught, but I was never taught about reading the Bible. And until I was taught about reading the Bible, 
I had no relationship with God, which is why I fell away, uh, because there was nothing there to hold me there. The Word of God is live and powerful, sharper than a two-edged sword, piercing a son of the soul and the spirits, the joints and the marrow. The Word of God is the discerner of the thoughts and the intents of the heart. The Word of God is what convicts you. And I got yelled at by nuns and priests all the time. I was an altar boy, and I loved growing up as a Catholic because they taught me about the Trinity. A lot of people have to struggle with the Trinity concept, not me. I learned about it good. I learned a lot of good things, but I also was kept from a relationship with God by not being encouraged to read the Bible. Now I read the Bible every day. Not a day goes by that I don't read the Bible. I want to know what God has to say. I remember when I got saved uh, back in 1981, my wife and I, I read the Bible every day. I read the Bible through three times the first year. Maybe it was four times, but I read the Bible from cover to cover three or four times the first year. And every day it was like opening up the book and discovering something new not only about myself, but about God. And it was fascinating. I couldn't put it down. And to this day, that habit has stayed with me. I live on the word of God. Man shall not live by bread alone, but by every word that proceeds forth out of the mouth of God. So that was my Catholic experience. And once again, I would not trade it for anything because it taught me who God was, but it didn't lead me into a relationship with him. When I got saved, the deciding factor was that somebody told me I was required to have a relationship with God now that blew me away because as a catholic i thought i wasn't i knew i wasn't a good catholic i thought i'd go to purgatory for a couple hundred centuries and i'd work out my own sin and then that god would let me in because after all i was a good guy i spoke well you know and i went to mass now and then but i did not have that relationship with god but when i went to this full gospel meeting and they told me god expects you to talk to him today i went wow you mean and i love relationships i'm a sanguine temperament I live to talk and to build relationships with people and to know people. And when I found that out, that sold me. That's all I needed to know. And then they told me I had to repent of my sins. I go, oh, and I said, am I supposed to bring a book or something? You know, I need a big book. And yet it was, no, no, no. It's, it's a matter of the heart, Ron. You come before God. It's sin in general. Recognize that you're a sinner. Recognize you have a need for a Savior. Recognize... He wants to be in fellowship with you today, right now. That just blew me away. I remember coming back from the week-long meetings. I was literally walking on air. My transformation was radical. I loved it. I loved it. I loved it. The second time uh, that I was put off by religion was my experience with the Word of Faith movement. And that's where I got saved. I actually got saved in that environment. And I came to know Christ up close and personal. But over the years, even Word of Faith has seen a downward turn from biblical truth and is nothing more now than a shell of what it once was. Romans sixteen seventeen and 18. Now I beseech you, brethren, mark them which cause divisions and offenses contrary to the doctrines which you have learned and avoid them. For they that are such serve not our Lord Jesus Christ, but their own belly. And by good words and by fair speeches, they deceive the hearts of the simple. Leaven is rampant. False teaching is everywhere. Once great ministers, they become proud, greedy, scared, and they take any license they choose with God's word to promote their brand. They become rich and popular. And that was my gripe with the Word of Faith movement. They're becoming rich at your expense. They don't hold themselves to the same standard of using faith as they do you. And David Wilkerson says they're covenant. Currently, Word of Faith is nothing more than another dangerous pagan religion that seeks itself over others and promotes humanism instead of God. They promote materialism over spiritism and the carnal successes over holiness. They are no different than the Pharisees and the Sadducees of their day. And the thing that broke the camel's back for me on Word of Faith was the doctrine they started teaching that God is not sovereign in the earth today. 
that apart from uh, man, God can do nothing in the earth. I go, wow. I thought the scripture says that Jesus was saying in John that apart from me, man can do nothing in the earth. So when they contradict like that, I'm going to go with the Bible. So we're just moving on now. Hallelujah. Currently, Word of Faith has really wounded me in that regard because there are some great people there that I love that are really bound in the spirit of covetousness right now. And, And so we pray for them. But I've got them at arm's length right now. You know, they preach power, but they have none. They promise wealth, but they take yours from you. They talk of faith, but they never seem to use it. And in the end, they demonstrate that their fear of man is greater than their fear of the Lord. No. Well, we close church. As they say, close church. God says the church, the pillar and the ground of truth. Who are you going to believe? Well, we close church. That shows who you believe. David Wilkerson speaks of those in the movement who are after your money. He says they have a covetous spirit and they manipulate scripture to support their covetous spirits. Manipulation of God's word, folks, for any reason, but especially to deceive the saints is a serious offense. At the end of the day, though, there are several ways that we're able to identify false doctrine. Luke 6.45, a good man out of the treasure of his heart brings forth that which is good. And an evil man out of the evil treasure of his heart brings forth that which is evil. For the abundance of his heart, his mouth speaks. That's why listening is so important. You know, I've got a really big mouth. I talk all the time. I get it. I know that. It's, it's, it's a blessing and a curse. Okay? I think I went out on the good side, but that's not what it's about. But I do listen. I am a great listener. That's why when you're up there in the pulpit, you better be getting the scriptures right. I mean, I want to know. I want to know that you're talking about the Bible you've heard from God, and you're going to give me fresh revelation. I come there to eat. I'm a spiritual pig. And so that's why... Listening to me is very important. I place our ministry leaders on platforms so high, and we fail to discern any error in their teachings because we don't read the Bible for ourselves. If you would read the Bible for yourselves, you would know when there's error. I told you this many times that the people who work in the, what's it called, the federal currency, the, what's it called, where they count the money, the, um, the treasury, amen, that when they're training people to identify false bills, they're not teaching them about false bills. They're teaching them the real bill. You take this home, you smell it, you put it under your pillow, you learn what a real dollar bill, hundred dollar bill feels like, looks like, smells like. This way, when the counterfeit comes up, you know it. It's got to be the same way with the Word of God. You study the Word of God, you read the Word of God, you breathe the Word of God, you put the Bible under your pillow, you wake up, it's the first thing that you grab when you get out of bed in the morning. No matter how high one minister's position is, it's always got to be measured against the humility of God's word. The higher one's position, usually the further they are from God's truth. Don't let these people exalt you. They make gods out of themselves. They've got very little humility. They're arrogant and they're proud. And at the end of the day, they've got it down pat. They are expert at separating you from your money. The expanded version of Luke 6.45. Good people bring good things out of the good that they stored treasured in their hearts. But evil people bring evil things out of the evil they stored in their hearts. People speak the things that are in their hearts. For the mouth speaks what overflows from the heart. And I say this often. I've been saying it a lot lately. We talk about the things that we love. You hear women talk about their kids. That's great. They love their kids. If we could get them talking about their husbands, we could knock that divorce rate down. Hallelujah. Check it out for yourself. How much time does your preacher or favorite teacher spend talking about money? How much time do they talk about worldly success? How about their building programs or their church programs? Or do they talk about happiness or carnal happiness? Are they talking about their projects? You know, what is taking the most time in your church service? You know, when we sing our songs, 
Are we singing about a holy God or are we singing about I am who he says I am? I am a friend of God. I can have what I say. We're teaching and singing about ourselves. The church is not to be worshipped during a time of worship. That's a time where we worship the Lord God. It's the church in worship to the Lord God, not the church singing about themselves. Be careful. We can hide our false doctrines even in our worship music, folks. Weigh how much time your leaders are talking about the things I just spoke about, their money, the offering, the success, the buildings. Weigh that against how much time they're talking about Jesus, about sin, about repentance, and about the second coming. Are they telling you that Christ is coming back? Are they telling you that your sin is keeping you apart from God? Are they calling out the false doctrines that other people are speaking about? Are they involved in the woke programs now? Are they preaching you a gospel that negates telling you that you're a sinner? I mean, if we're wasting time in the pulpit, who is it? David Wilkerson, he was showing a video of Kenneth Hagin, and Kenneth Hagin got behind the pulpit, and I love Kenneth Hagin, but Kenneth Hagin got behind the pulpit, and he was laughing for 30 minutes. And Kenneth Hagin goes, I thought the pulpit was where we preached the gospel. And, you know, at the end of the day, he's right. Who gets edified when we get up there and we do our own thing, giving into man, doing what man does, having carnal manifestations of the Holy Spirit of God? No, no, no. You don't have carnal manifestations of the Holy Spirit of God. You have spiritual manifestations of the Holy Spirit of God. If you get healed of cancer, that may look like it's a carnal manifestation, but that is the Spirit of God at work in you, and it's a spiritual miracle. Speaking in tongues, it's a spiritual miracle, even though it may seem like it's a carnal manifestation. Understand, the joy of the Lord is your strength. Holy laughter. I've heard that phrase. I don't know about it. I'm not for that. But there were all sorts of strange manifestations going on. But remember, he that comes to God must know that he's a spirit. And your relationship with God is spirit to spirit. So I disagree with a lot of these carnal manifestations that go on. I had a guy that was telling us all about, oh, we're going to have miracle healing ministry. Come to our church. And so we went and there were no miracles. Well, then guess what? That guy's a false teacher. You know, if you're going to tell me you're going to serve me steak and you serve me hamburgers, you're not serving me steak, you fibbed. You didn't represent the Holy Spirit's work accurately. So you got to be careful about this stuff. Don't forget the whole idea in John 17, when Jesus is praying at the end of the day, he's calling forth the church to be in unity. And it's the unity of the faith, the unity of doctrine, the unity of the Christian creed. We are one. I want you to be one in the same way that me and the Father are one. I not only want you to be one with each other, I not only want you to be one in the same way that me and the Father are one, I want you to be one with me and the Father. But you're not going to do it by following false teaching, false teachers, false prophets. And false doctrine can not only be dangerous, guys, but as Peter tells us, false doctrine, false teaching, leaven can be deadly. Second Peter 2, one. But there were false prophets also among the people, even as there shall be false teachers among you. There shall be. He's not saying there might be. There shall be. There shall be false teachers teaching false doctrines. They will bring in damnable heresies, destructive heresies, when something is damnable. That means it has the ability to take you to hell, even denying the Lord that brought them and bring upon themselves swift destruction. Arthur Pink says this, the pulpit, the platform, and the pamphlet hucksters have wantonly lowered the standard of divine holiness, and they have so adulterated the gospel in order to make it palatable to the carnal mind. And amen to that. If, if it appeals to your flesh, they get. that's why they tell you, given it shall be given unto you. That scripture is about forgiveness. It's not about getting money. 
but we use it to get money. Go ahead and give into this and God will bless you here. We do it all the time. We tell them things that they want to hear. We don't talk about the God of the Old Testament. Nobody likes the God of the Old Testament. He's too harsh. Well, I got news for you. The God of the New Testament is the same God of the Old Testament, and he is every bit as harsh. And truth be told, judgment must begin at the house of God. The things that he judged the Jews for will not be judged nearly as harshly as the things that he's judging the church for because we have a higher standard. We've got the blood of Jesus. We've got the name of Jesus. We've got the word of God. We've got the author of the book living right inside us, Christ in us, the hope of glory, the Holy Spirit baptizing us, immersing us in the power and the presence of God. How dare we fall short? What are we thinking? We can just get away with anything? Destructive. The word there is apoleia, A-P-O-L-E-I-A. It refers to a destructive persons or objects or institutions. The doctrine of these false teachers is potentially deadly as pictured by this word, apoleia, which ultimately pictures separation from God and utter hopeless ruin and loss of well-being and of all that gives worth to existence. These doctrines, they snuck in past the unsuspecting believer. Ooh, you got to be on watch. You got to be suspecting. Sorry, I don't trust anybody. Sorry, I am constantly checking out the word that I'm hearing. I don't mind you messing up a scripture. That's fine, but you better get it right. You better make sure that you're preaching it in its context. You better make sure that you're not changing any words. I mean, if you forget a word or two in a scripture, that's fine. We're not talking about that. I'm talking about motives. I'm talking about attempting to deceive. David Wilkerson talks about using scriptures out of context for the purpose of gaining the money of the saints of God. That is spiritual manipulation. Worse than that, it's spiritual manipulation using the Word of God, the life-giving breath of God. All Scripture is God-breathed. And we are manipulating that to take people out from their money. Mm -mm -mm -mm. You know, these preachers, they count on us not knowing the Word of God. And they're smart because they're right, because we don't know the Word of God. You're never going to know the counterfeit if you don't know the real. And so these doctrines are able to sneak in past the unsuspecting believer. They count on us not knowing the Word of God, and it's no different than the Catholic Church not promoting Bible reading. Why on earth would you not promote Bible reading? I saw something the other day, that people are fighting for the right to kill the babies. Who in heaven's... I mean, you're defending a right to kill a baby? What is wrong with you? This is a reprobate mind. This is people that have lost common sense. They're of the wrong spirit. And we rarely challenge them nowadays. The scriptures that we do teach, they rarely challenge us to holiness or purity. That's what these guys do. The false teachers taught heresies of destruction, forcing the unwary to make choices that led away from light and led them into darkness, death, and damnation. A false teacher with false doctrine forces you to make a choice between what he's teaching and the doctrines of the true Christian faith. These false teachers brought in their self-chosen teachings that altered the sound doctrinal foundation of Christianity and the church, and so they threatened to destroy the body of Christ. Mark 8, 15, I'll close with this. Jesus charged him, saying, Take heed, beware of the leaven of the Pharisees and the leaven of Herod. What was the leaven of Herod? Here Jesus brings in the doctrine of Herod or the Herodians. I didn't know that this was kind of different, but it is. The Pharisees here, remember, take heed of the leaven of the Pharisees and the leaven of Herod. The Pharisees here represent the spiritual aspect of things, while Herod represents the civil side. Remember that leaven and hypocrisy are basically the same thing. The leaven of the religious folks was their hypocrisy regarding what they taught and then how they lived in contrast to what they taught. The leaven and hypocrisy of Herod was that he believed the civil law trumped any moral law. Okay, I get that. 
Yet, while he preached strict adherence to the Roman civil law, he failed miserably in his efforts, if any, to obey God's moral law. And John the Baptist called him out on it. But then in a total move of hypocrisy, Herod killed John, violated Roman civil law, an innocent man, whose only failure to the law was reminding Herod of the moral law of God, which I don't believe broke any Roman law. So we see the hypocrisy of Herod. So the best that I can see, the leaven or the hypocrisy of Herod was in subjugating God's moral law to the Roman civil law, when in fact Herod obeyed neither. The warning Christ gives us is don't you do that, but we do. How about fornication and sodomy, abortion, homosexuality? These are all legal. And yet church votes for people who support these doctrines. Therefore, we are placing what man said above what moral law God has outlined in his word. It's the exact same sin that Herod was guilty of. All of these are prohibited strictly by God's word. Yet we go ahead and do them anyway because they're legal. You can go to Ohio. You can go to, uh, what is it, Oregon. And you can smoke marijuana legally. You can abort your children because it's legal in the land. And that's the hypocrisy of Herod when we compromise God's law because we feel it's legal in man's eyes. We'll develop this further. I'm Ron Geyer. Have a great week. We love you. We'll see you next time. Thank you for joining us for End Time Insights with Ron Geyer. Listen again next Sunday night at 8 on 100.7 The Word, where faith comes by hearing. You can also listen to the podcast of this program by going to kkht.com. If you would like to contact Ron, email him at gospelguy at comcast.net. Three-star general, Michael J. Flynn, head of the Pentagon Intelligence Agency, knew all the government's dirty secrets. He was one of the most respected generals in the military. Flynn knew what the intel world had been up to. He understood its funding. He ordered the first audit of the use of contractors. This set off alarm bells. The explosive new documentary, Flynn, deliver the truth, whatever the cost, and covers the facts behind this scandal. Flynn told the truth. He was the most dangerous person for Donald Trump to hire. I find out the worst enemy that I'm going to face in my life is right here in America. They took my assessment and they wanted me to change it. I was like, I'm not changing it. They had to get rid of Flynn. With in-depth interviews, archival footage, and never-before-seen personal record to the man behind the headlines. I just felt like I was drowning. Flynn. Deliver the truth, whatever the cost. Available now. Watch it today. Go to salemnow.com. salemnow.com.